0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. All right, for the message today, we're gonna be in Judges chapter six. Judges chapter six, first third of the Bible. Sounds all judgy, but that's not where I'm going. Judges chapter six. You can laugh today, that's okay. Uh, it might be the only joke in the whole message. Before I jump into uh, Judges chapter 6, I want to let you know that earlier in the week I had written the beginning of this message, and I actually tossed it because I got an email on Friday morning, and I thought that was a much better way to start this message because it was a God story. It was someone who stepped out in the middle of an invitation to do something. They actually said yes, did it, and then uh, I, I want to share that account. Who wants to hear a God story this morning to start off? Yes, aren't those amazing? So here's, here's, the, uh, here's the story. Roxy Coriel. Some of you might know Roxy goes to the church. On Tuesday, Roxy went to a class that we offer, and the class was how to pray for others, where we teach you how to pray for others yes that's what the class is about and so at the end of the class we actually challenge the students to do what go pray for others and so this is an account of what Roxy did She said ever since our class on Tuesday night I've been asking God to give me opportunities to pray for someone else and I also asked a small group of people to pray that I would have the courage to do so if God highlights someone and she says I'm normally an introvert Other introverts in the room unite, right? Normally an introvert. And Roxy goes on, I won't share the whole thing, goes on to say that she doesn't do things like this, but she said she did this. I stopped at Martin's on Bittersweet this morning about 9.30, I don't shop there normally. I went to the self-checkout area with a few items and was immediately drawn to the one checkout that had someone at it. It was a clerk who was opening up bags to get them ready for customers. I thanked her for all she was doing for us. And she said, uh, and I told her that I really appreciated her. And this employee said, thank you, in kind of a surprised way. So Roxy said uh, that there's a lot of extra work involved that no one sees in the self-checkout. And then the woman, the employee, said, yeah, and I'm in a lot of pain. She tried to straighten up and it was difficult, so I asked her if it was her back that hurt, and the employee said it was her whole body. I didn't even realize how close I had moved to her, Roxy said, but I was right next to her, and I had my arm around her, and before I knew the words were out of my mouth, I asked if I could pray for her. She said yes, and I asked her name. I don't even remember the words I prayed right now, but it was a short prayer, and then she looked as if she might cry, so I asked her if I could hug her. She said yes to that too. And then she went to help someone else who needed assistance. So I checked out my stuff. I walked up to her after when I was done and asked her if she was all right. And she said yes and thanked me again. The words were out of my mouth before I thought about it. And I said, you know, God loves you. I love you too. Then I left the store and it kind of hit me the way that God showed up. See, in that, in that small, it might be small to you when we read it, but this is a person who's an introvert who normally doesn't do that, who got an invitation from God at a class to go do something and extend beyond her reach, and she shows up, and now we have someone who actually lives in our community who was hurting, feeling like she's loved. That's a big deal. We actually keep a record of uh, God stories that come into the church. And so on Friday as I posted hers to this internal thing, I started reading the God stories from the last year and I was so encouraged at people stepping out at invitations, you wanna hear another one? We could do this for like 30 minutes, but we're not gonna, here's another one. Over the last year, just uh, some background, over the last year when COVID was really a problem, People were losing their jobs. We sent out a group of people. We just sent an invite out. Hey, who would like to go bless the community? We'll give you an envelope of cash. You go out and you just bless whoever needs it. This was uh, probably a year ago. And so a group went out, and we get this anonymous uh, letter back. I think it was an email, and here's what it says from this anonymous person. So here I am working every day for the past few weeks alone. Don't know where this person works or who it is. Overwhelmed with worry concerning family, employees, friends, and a future that seems broken. A heavy sinking feeling came over me. A depression had been setting in. I had allowed fear to enter my thinking. Thinking about self-pity, the loss of control, overwhelming feeling that no one cares, and I should just shut down and give everything up. So on this very day, the, the feeling in your gut says you can't. A member of your church stops by. Me, being paranoid, I backed away to a point that he offered to wear a mask. I said, no, just keep your distance, and he took a seat and sat there. He just sat there enduring my heartache. Once I settled down, he listened to my rant. He gave me an envelope and said people were praying for me. Of course, I set it aside until I could disinfect it properly. I, being extra careful, allowed the card to sit in Lysol Lysol for a while prior to opening it. And once I did, I found an envelope of money, but mostly what I found were these words, you mean so much to so many. I needed that. Those words, not only of an encouragement but of truth, someone came to visit me. It goes on to say from this anonymous person, I can be strong in the truth that I have value this side of heaven. How cool is that, that someone answered an invitation to go bless the community to see what God would do in the middle of that? Isn't that great? Like this is what happens all throughout Scripture where people are invited to an encounter with God. They don't have all their questions answered, but they're just like, yeah, I'll do whatever, and God shows up. We live in a world that really could use more encounters with God. Would you agree with that? I mean, we read about it in scripture. As an example, there was a guy by the name of Bartimaeus. It's in the New Testament. It's around Jesus' time. Bartimaeus was blind. He had been blind for some time, but he had heard about Jesus and about his miracle powers and about what he was doing. And so we pick up this account where Bartimaeus starts hearing that Jesus is in the town that he is. And Bartimaeus is like, Jesus, have mercy on me. He's begging to have an encounter. People are shushing him. But he's just yelling all the louder. He, he's like, no, this is the invitation that I need. This is the encounter that I need. Something's gonna change. And look what happens, Mark 10, 51. Jesus shows up to Bartimaeus and says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. It was an invitation. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I wanna see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he receives a sight. And follow Jesus along the road. It's an encounter with the living God, and something amazing happened. Those are the encounters I want to have now in the community around the world. Here's another example it's a, 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 from Scripture, it's a nuanced example. I love like little nuances in Scripture, I just really love these. The disciples were out in the book of Acts, they had been invited to share the gospel all over the place. They were encountering God in amazing ways, but they were trying to go to Asia. And here's what happens. Acts 16, verse 6 says it this way. As they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. I know we don't know the details of this, but how cool is that when we're on this journey with God where he would actually show up and say, don't go there. I'm going to prevent you from getting into a mess. Boy, we could use a lot of that. Maybe it's just me. Just some clarity. An encounter with God can bring the very things that we need, the things that Scripture promises. Guidance, comfort, love, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit. An encounter with God leads to salvation. When we said yes to Jesus, it was an invitation to say, hey, let's have an encounter now that will change your life forever. So I have this question. It's a probably the most generic question we've asked during a message because we could probably all answer it a specific way. But I want to really anchor in and spend 10 quiet seconds on it. And here's the question for all of us. What is one area of my life that could benefit from God's power? Many of us could answer, well, there's a ton of areas. But I want you to think of the one. What's one that you could you could really benefit from a fresh touch of God in that area. And I actually want you to write it on your program. There's not a space for it, but I want you to write it, which means you got to grab a pen. I love those clicks. I just want you to write it. I'm going to give you seven seconds now to do that. I'm asking the same question of myself because I'm not perfect at this. I could use, uh, just to be completely transparent with you, there are areas of my life that I'm completely exhausted trying to figure that area of my life out on my own and I need God's encounter in that area of my life. And I wrote this down earlier and I thought it was a good sentence and so I'm just gonna read it. Might just be for me. But no amount of time with others, exercise, fasting, positive energy. I don't even know what that is, but people on Facebook love to ask for it. Like, I don't want positive energy. I need an encounter with God. So let me read this again. No amount of time with others, exercise, fasting, positive energy, drugs, drinking, yoga, sleep, or sex will fill the void that an encounter with God will fill. There's nothing else in the area that you wrote down or you were thinking about. There's nothing else that will help it like an encounter with God will. So hold that thought. We're starting into a three-week series called Encounter. And in this short series, what we're zeroing in on is the verse from 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, it's like fearful, right?, but gives us three things. Gives us power, love, and self-control. And so over these three weeks, we're gonna look at an encounter with God and what he can provide us through the Holy Spirit, and it's today we're gonna talk about power, love next week, self-control. I think it is a very powerful series if we took the time to come back every week and really zero in on the promises that God has if we have an encounter with him. So I want to unpack the thought about power, the power of God in encounter, and I want to look at Judges 6. Now in Judges 6, we're going to give you a little background. We're going to talk about a man named Gideon. Now, I realize that for some of you, this is a new account. But for some of you in the room, you've heard sermons or stories or you love the book of of Judges and Gideon, and, and that's great. But I really want to dive deeply into some nuanced areas that if we paid attention to it and applied it, I really think God would show up in a new way. So uh, Gideon, if you didn't know, was part of the Israelites. The Israelites during this time, before I jump in, uh, they were a clan that were a bunch of knuckleheads at this point, they were not, it doesn't say knuckleheads in the book of Judges. It should've, that's right, because what they were doing is, it says that they were sinning. They were going opposite of the way God was telling them to go, and it actually uh, shares that God's face is sort of turned away from them, they're in a mess. And the Midianites, another group of people, we're oppressing them, taking over land, to, like it was a mess. And we pick up the story with this guy named Gideon, sort of grinding out his daily work. He's at a wine press. And so I'm going to pick up in Judges 6, starting in verse 12. It says this The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord's with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I'll be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. It's the beginning of this great account. You should read, it, read the rest of it, Judges chapter six and seven. But what I see is an invitation that we can partner with God the way Gideon did. But before I jump into those areas, Let's pray. Will you pray with me? So, Father, we come this morning, and I'm just going to say, God, that we need an encounter with you. There's likely a couple hundred people that have written down, either online or here, areas of their life that could use a fresh touch from you, that could, that could use you showing up. And so, God, would you show up over these next three weeks? and re- reveal yourself in new ways. Our neighborhoods need it. Our cities need it. God, you are the answer. And so we just pray, God, that you would come in a fresh encounter. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. On the back of your handout, there are a couple of fill-in-the-blanks. It'll help me from going down too many rabbit holes. Here's what I see in the story of Gideon. An encounter with God often starts with an invitation. An invitation often starts with an invitation. Gideon's at the wine press, the angel of the Lord shows up, tries to encourage him. I mean, how cool would that be? Can we just recognize that that would be amazing? I would love that. But here's Gideon's response when this happens, verse 13. He says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord's with us, why has all this happened to us? Where's all the wonders that our ancestors told us about? Can we just pause and, and recognize and appreciate the honesty of Gideon? Like that, that I can so appreciate those questions. God, if, if that's you, then why are we in a mess? Like, I read Scripture, God, for me, I read Scripture, I hear about all these amazing things, but my daughter died 17 days after she was born. Why in the world? Am I the only one that asks those questions? Like, I appreciate the honesty of Gideon in the moment of a struggle. He's leading with questions, but... This is what the Lord says. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. Go in the strength you have. Do you see it? It's an invitation. The Lord didn't come down and say, You know what, Gideon? Man, times are tough. You got a bunch of questions. So you know what we'll do, Gideon? Let's sit down. Let's dialogue. Let's deconstruct this whole thing. Let me give you some encouragement. Let me give you some, but let's talk. No, he said, go with what you have. Go in the strength you have. Because that's what the Lord does all throughout Scripture. God of the Old Testament invites Moses of all people. Speech impediment, not a great, you know, overall leader before, but all of a sudden he's placed in this point where he has to lead a million or so folks out of captivity. If God tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, Steve, you got a million people, you got to leave out, I'd have a thousand questions. And we see in scripture, Moses asking the Lord, he's like debating, do I really have to do that? Numbers 11 is this great interaction between him and the Lord, where Moses has tons of questions. And the Lord's essentially like, just go, can you just go with what you have? It's the God of the Old Testament. If we look at the God of the New Testament, Jesus chooses 12 disciples who have, let's just be real about this, many of you know this, but they have no political clout. Many of them have no money. They have no theological training. Yet Jesus picks them and essentially says, Follow me with what you have. Like, go in the strength you had. Just come. Come with what you got. It's going to be good. He even does it with it. The God of now does it with us look at this Romans 5 8 but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us that's like the best verse of the morning God did not 25 years ago when my life was a bit of a mess God did not sit down with me and go Steve I'd really like a relationship with you and but you're a mess you got to get your crap in order. What oh, I said crap. You got to get your stuff in order before we have this relationship. still Like, I'm, Steve, you got to clean up this area of your life and this. And then when you get perfect, then we can have her. No, he said, come with what you have. Oh, that's such good news. You can write this down God's invitation comes before you have it all together. Oh, thank you, Lord. Newsflash, you don't have it all together. Okay, you know what? It's 9.50. You guys probably, the majority of you probably have it all buttoned up into a nice pretty bow, and it's good, right? You've figured it all out. So maybe this is just for the one person in the room that doesn't have it all together. Guess what? The Lord knows you don't have it all together. He's figured it out. You might be able to hide it to the family, hide it to the world. You might be struggling with that one sin. that has been a struggle for a, ton, you know, a long time. He knows you can't bench press 200 pounds. He knows those secret struggles you have. You cannot hide it from him. But you know what he does? He says, come on. I'm going to invite you into a new thing. Come on. Come with me with what you have. Invitations like this, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me all who have it together and we'll sit down and chill. Oh, that's not what it reads, is it? It says, Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. See, we read invitations like this, but in our brains, we're like, oh yeah, but I got to do this, and I should probably do that, and you know, well, what do I have time to actually sit down and be with God like I'm supposed to? Or like we get these invitations or these nudges, and then in our brain, we start constructing our whole thought pattern that talks us out of the very encounter that Jesus is inviting us to where he can bring his power. Questions like, well, I'm not sure I can, I'm not qualified, what about this? Some of the biggest encounters in my life where God showed up in amazing ways were times at which I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what I was getting into when I said yes to become a pastor here at the Vineyard Church. When I went to India a couple years ago on a mission trip, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had a ton of questions. And I'm not, per- those are great encounters, and I love those, but there are times at which I'm absolutely not perfect at this, and I miss it. Just this last week and a half, I was at the Riverwalk in Mishawaka. I was with a group of people, it was over lunch when we were walking, and I had this message in the back of my mind, and I was sort of processing the message, and we were talking about other things. And as I'm walking, 50 feet on the other path, going the other way was a gentleman, Older gentleman, somewhat well dressed, but his head was down, He's walking kind of slow. Did, do you ever get the sense sometimes that, like, that person's not okay? Is it just me? Am I weird? Okay, so you, like, I had this sense, like, man, something might be up with this guy. And I felt a nudge like I should go over and encourage him in some way, just to ask if he's okay, maybe pray with him. I don't know, but something's not right. He's by himself. His head is down. He's walking. And so uh, I started this internal dialogue in my head. What about the people I'm with? I got to get back because lunch and I got meetings and I've got some things and that might take a while. And so I started this dialogue and I didn't go over to this guy and he kept walking. And when he was right across from me, 50 feet on the other path, walking the other way, his head was down, his head popped up and he looked directly over and our eyes locked. And in that moment, I knew I missed it. I did not go talk to him. It might not be a big deal to you, But what would God have done if I just went over and said, hey man, are you okay? Just this huge pit in my stomach. So if we go back to my opening question regarding that area of your life that could use more of God's power in it, here's a follow-up question. And it's this, how willing are we to respond to an invitation from God? How willing are we to respond? Just for clarity, invitations don't last forever. Jesus shares a parable in the book of Luke about a banquet. He's created this party, there's this huge banquet and invitations go out, it says this in Luke 14:16. it says a certain man was preparing a great banquet and look at this, he invited many guests but they all alike began to make excuses. This invitation from Jesus, is what he's getting to, has gone out. But there's three people. It says in scripture in this account, the first one had bought a field. And he's like, no, I can't. I bought a field. And I got, so, I got stuff to do. The second uh, person had purchased oxen. I can't because I just purchased oxen. The third person got married, can't, busy, lots of stuff going on. Well, Jesus finishes this in Luke uh, Luke 14, 24, and he says, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. If God's got a banquet, I want to be there. Now, we can look at this and say, oh, but the banquet is in heaven and eternity, and won't that be great? I fully agree with that, but here's what I believe because there's other verses in scripture that say that the Lord is preparing a table before our enemies. There is this access to a banquet right now, to encounters where God will show up, and we, we need, I need the things that God will provide in this banquet we have access to today. And if God's got a banquet, I wanna be there. I want to be part of a church that regularly partners with God in those big banquet moments, whether it's at Martin's on Bittersweet or whether it's some random place on the Riverwalk. To see the greatest moves of God in our life, we have to step into the invitation. An encounter with God often starts with an invitation. If we go back to Gideon, here's what I see in this invitation. An encounter with God also makes up the difference. You can write that down. Makes up the difference. The Lord invites Gideon, says go in your own strength. And here's what Gideon says in verse 15. I chuckle at this, but he says this. He says, pardon me. I'll just read it. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. Like, how crazy is that? Lord, I still have questions. The Lord answered this way. He says, listen to this. I will be with you. I like that part. And you will strike down all the Amidianites, leaving none alive. Just to be honest and transparent, if I'm Gideon, I really love the first part, but I would likely raise my hand and go, you know... Lord, that's amazing that you're gonna be with me, but if I heard you right, you used a pronoun that I was going to attack Midian. And boy, Lord, wouldn't it be so much better if you just did it? I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? I'll sit here, I'll continue to do my work, I'll even pray, God, will you go attack the Midianites, free us? I mean, isn't that, if if we're really honest with ourselves, isn't that the prayer that we pray most frequently? God, will you? God, will you help me uh, focus during the day? God, will you go and fix this person? God, would you create a, a way to do this? God, will you, will you, will you? And I wonder how many times that I pray that the Lord responds back with, well, yeah, I will, but Steve, will you? The game changer, if we get this right, the game changer for Gideon is when the angel of the Lord said, I'll be with you. I mean, that's—he's going to make up the difference of our shortfalls. I will be with you. It's the same thing Jesus says at the end of the book of Matthew, the end of the account of what Jesus is there with the disciples. He says this: Matthew 28:20, 20, "And surely I am with you till the end of the ages." So when, we, when when we say yes to Jesus being the Lord of our life, He's with us. It's the same promise. The defining difference in Gideon's life and in our life is when we say yes to the invitation, as weak as we are, with a million questions, the Lord says, yeah, just come, I'll make up the difference. And when we look at this encounter with Gideon, it's a great uh, encounter. Uh, You should read the rest of it. Gideon finally, he argues a little bit more with God, but he finally steps into this thing, musters 30,000 troops to go take on the Midianites. Like it's a good army. He's got a good plan. And the Lord in uh, Judges 7 says this. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, the Lord is with you. No, no, no. Did I hit this already? No. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. You have too many men. 30,000. And look what he says. I cannot deliver Midian into the hands of Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. He's like, no, 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 30,000, you would boast that you were the best. No, that's not gonna happen. And so what Gideon has to do is he takes thousands and thousands of men out to the point that he gets to 300. How crazy is that? The weakest of the clan, the runt of the bunch, and 300 guys, but what ends up happening, what ends up happening is the Lord creates confusion amongst the Midianites. It's not even a battle. And Gideon wins. So if that's the God of Scripture in the Old Testament, we heard about the God of uh, of the New Testament coming and bringing power where our weakness is, then that's the God of today. Isaiah 40, 29 says, he gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Just a note. This might punch a little bit. Can I do that at 950? Can I press kind of hard? Thank you. I just need one. If in the areas of your life you had figured out how to do everything yourself, and in the struggles of life you're out of your own strength trying to go and fix those issues, then maybe you have created a God in your own image, and it's you. Because in reality, you can write this down, my weakness provides space for God's power. In my weakness, I'm providing space for God's power to show up. It does not mean that I cannot work on things in my life to become better. But what it does mean is it's an invitation, it's space for God to show up, and we need that. Before we close, I want to go back to the beginning of Gideon. Because I think there's an important point in the middle of this. He, go back to the beginning where Gideon and the angel of the Lord are standing there at the wine press and the angel of the Lord looks at Gideon and he, this is the first thing he says to him. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Was Gideon a mighty warrior? He leased in the clan, run of the bunch, work in a wine press, in an oppressed nation. But what God looks down and sees in the middle of a mess is he sees what he can do and he calls it out. So this morning, I really think he's calling us out and calling us in our weakness, mighty warriors. That we have areas in our life that we're like, I don't know what to do, God, I've got a million questions, but the Lord says, I'm inviting you into an encounter. Come with what you have. If God has provided a banquet opportunity, let us not miss that invitation. Because an encounter with God often starts with an invitation and he makes up the difference. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.